Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And the Aaron Kramer. I gotta love it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got another guest for you today. We've been shooting a lot of these and I absolutely love it. If this is the first time you're tuning in, we're financial advisors who really think that you're your best asset. We want to help you pursue your passion with your money, uh, which is kind of a different way to invest. So I would say we're the advisors to the unadvisable. The entrepreneurs seem to love us. Uh, we hope you do too. All right, here's the person we have on the show. It's actually Aaron's guy. Yeah. But I will I'll introduce what I know. His name's Chase Knock, and he owns Knock Knock Tile. He's based out of Cedar Falls, Iowa. He's an entrepreneur. You can see why we have him on the show. Yeah. 29, married to the love of his life, have two children, dominating in his business. Welcome to the show, Chase. Let's go. Come on, hey, Chase. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Man, you sound good over there. That's yeah. exciting. Love it. All right, dude. First, where do we start? Was that was that the best bio you've ever heard in your life or what? Yeah, you make me sound uh, way better than I probably am, but let's go Give you a little bit more. <laughs> nice. Well, All right. Full disclosure, this is your first podcast. I like to say this because you don't sound like this is your first podcast. You're going to sound like a freaking rock star at the end of this. Yeah, we're like 45 seconds in, guys. <laughs> Even better. Dude, How do we? where do we start? Let's start with your... like When you were young... What did you think that you would do like when you started like what do you want to do when you grow up? How did you answer that question when you were younger? Um that's that is a good question. Um so I originally wanted to be a firefighter. My grandfather was a firefighter and yeah. um all through high school I was motivated to do athletics and pretty much anything I could be involved in but because you're a wrestler, um, right? you wrestled. Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay. Aaron, you were a main reason why i wrestled in high school what huh? yeah really this is yeah. exciting yeah so honor yeah aaron's dad and my dad were good friends in high school and i always remember my dad saying yeah matt's got kids that wrestle do you want to give it a shot i'd be like hell yeah let's try it hey you were so, good too uh i was not nearly as good as you you were freaking nature <laughs> still are freaking nature he really is he really is do you have cauliflower ear just quickly uh, no, I don't. I was oh, never see? blessed with uh, weak ears, so that maybe I didn't awesome. try hard enough. I don't know. Well, no, I. Funny story there. I tried to give myself cauliflower ear with an axe <laughs> bottle, and oh, realized you got to hit yourself pretty hard. Okay, I'm never gonna hit right. myself that hard. Just the editing team is just editing. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, all right. So you wanted to be a firefighter. Yes. And did you say you had somebody in your life that was a firefighter? That's why you kind of wanted to go that way. Yeah, my grandpa was. And actually, I wanted to join the military right out of high school. If you had asked me most of the way through high school what I wanted to do, I wanted to join the military, um, but I then fell in love my junior year of high school. And I was really just wanting to join the military because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. Yeah. So um, Mm, a lot of people's stories. Yeah. The other people in my life, uh, my mom and my wife, my current wife, 
well, my only wife, but she was also <laughs> my she was also my girlfriend in high school. So that, that's you guys met your junior junior in, in high school, right? Yes. Yep. Nice. What was her name? What her is her name? name? Is, her name is Abby. Abby, uh, welcome yep. to the show, Abby. Even though you're not on, you yeah. are a big part of the show. So, yeah. okay, so you met Abby, and your whole life changed. We're not doing military anymore. <laughs> no. So the closer we got to graduation, she, her, and my mom both were. Like, hey, you might want to choose something that you want to do. And so um, firefighting was a similar concept, uh, kind of that military um, structure, if you will. Serving. And right, yeah, right. yeah. Um, so I went to uh, Kirkwood Community College in Cedar Rapids and um, did their night program. All their classes were at night. And I worked full time. And um are you just getting your gen eds at that point? Like you don't have like a certificate of like firemen, yep. do you? Yep. Or am I yep. crazy? During that program, you get your firefighter one, your EMT, oh, um, oh. and you become certified as a firefighter. So you, that's sweet. After the program's over, you can apply to most, um, most jurisdictions, most firefighting cities, most cities that have fire departments. So, okay. What did Abby do? Cause we got to talk about her now. Cause she's yeah. in the picture. Yeah. What'd she <laughs> yes. do after high school? So she went to Iowa state. Oh. Um, go Hawks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. I, I like that. <laughs> um, so, so she went to Iowa state and she went there. Um, I can't remember what she originally wanted to do, but um, she got her psychology degree. And then Ooh. after Iowa State, she wanted to uh, become an occupational therapist. So we, hmm. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself. No, you're doing good. We, um, she got accepted into Creighton out in Omaha. Oh, and the then Harvard we, of the Midwest, as they say. Yeah, well, <laughs> shit, you pay for it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Golly. Um, so anyways, uh, we both moved out to Omaha right after we got married and uh, she went to Creighton and I started working out there. So, as a firefighter? No, no. Oh, come on, <laughs> no. Chase. Oh. What no, job? What'd yeah. you do? Uh, so, this is where it gets fun. Yeah. Um, we get what we're married. all about. We get married and we're going to move out to Omaha. And I, I didn't know two people out there, but somebody that I was close to knew of two people. One of them ran a uh, pawn shop out in yes. Fremont, Nebraska. I love and, it. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't have a job. I have few skills and I like to work hard. So what do you got for me? Yeah, and I was, I was selling guns out of a pawn shop for about, um, oh, that was probably a month. And good. then uh, as I was doing that, the other guy that I had originally contacted and when I was working at the pawn shop, I was getting paid like 1125 1150 an hour which was okay but sounds about right right out of college yeah yeah, yeah, newly married. yeah, yeah. you got to do what you got to do i like we it. did that's exactly right so um this other guy called me and it was for a real estate investment company they had a bunch of rental properties throughout omaha nebraska hmm. and he said well you can pick up trash and you can help fix things around the rental houses and i was like yeah, that sounds fun. Like I like to do construction stuff. I didn't have a ton of skills, but um, I thought I would learn and I like to work hard. So that work hard kind of continues throughout my yeah. process. It's, there's a theme life. there. There's yes. a theme there with Chase. Okay. That's good. Uh, 
so he said, well, we can offer you like 12 bucks an hour. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So you so, told Hank from the pawn shop, listen, I'm done, Hank. I'm going to go, <laughs> go to real estate or like, so you quit the pawn shop. I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, I did. Okay. Yep. Got a better offer. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't like at that point in time, I was like, maybe it's better. Maybe it's not. I mean, it's 50 cents for an hour, but I really don't know. It seems more fun than sitting out a pawn shop all day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and your wife um, is all aboard as long as she's in, in Omaha going to Creighton. She's fine. Just yeah. Do what you yeah, got to do much. over there. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, I started doing that and she's going to school and I enjoyed working for that company. And I, I became a full-time maintenance technician after just being hired to pick up trash Eventually, I worked for them for a year and a half and continued working for them. But about a year and a half in, um, we told them that we were going to move back to Iowa. And uh, they offered me an opportunity to be a production manager out in central Iowa to manage all the flip houses that they buy. Wow. Um, Pretty big organization over there. They're running. Yeah. Yeah. They did a lot of work. It was a great company, really good people, um, supported a lot of the things that, that we support as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, and as we were getting ready to move back home, I said, of course, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. And so we moved back home. That was 20, 2016 that we moved back to, um, central Iowa. Wait. So Abby at this point has a degree. She did. She graduated. Uh, no, not yet. She had one year left at Creighton, oh. but it was all field work. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yes. And how long have you been married at this point? Year and a half, two yep. years, maybe? Yep. Okay. Year and a half. All right. Good. You're following along. I'm, I'm yeah. right here, man. I'm right here with you, Chase. Okay. <laughs> so you go to Iowa, back to Cedar Falls or Cedar yes. Rapids. Uh, Cedar Falls. Yep. Oh, Cedar Falls even. Okay. Yeah. We bought a house in Cedar Falls and it was a fixer upper. And at oh, that Panthers? point in time, I, I had many more skills than, um, yeah. than I did a year and a half previously. So, um, we started fixing up the house and I was working as a production manager for that company and it was really good. Um, I was making good money and continued getting raises and bonuses and that was great. So, it was going really well. Um, and then we go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say like, does this lead into like you like starting knock, knock? It does. Okay. Yes, it, does. Yeah, yeah. it better. So, it better. Cause it's your story here, Chase. Oh, yeah. Cause if it's not, I'm excited to see where it's taking us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then in, I've been working for that company out here, same company for, uh, I think it was like six and a half years. And wow. there were, there were a lot of changes as far as my manager. Uh-huh. My manager had changed three times within like a year and a half or two years, which wow. was a lot. Yeah. And so I was training new managers as they came on. Doesn't feel great. Doesn't feel great. Yeah. It was, uh, well, when I, when I eventually quit that job, I was the uh, longest tenured employee <laughs> for that company. <laughs> so that's um, something. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, well, now we're in the middle of the pandemic. Um, Oh, we're 2020 here, folks. 2020 moving quickly. Um, So middle of the pandemic, my wife quit her job. She got a new job. We were both struggling with raising a child. Whoa. We didn't even talk about about the baby yet. 
Yeah, we passed right over that. Yeah, we did. When was <laughs> the first wine back to that? Yeah, let's pull back there. Yeah. So she got a degree from Creighton, yes, Harvard did. of the Midwest. I have to say that because my business partner that's not on the podcast, Brian Dewhurst, graduated from Creighton. And every time somebody says Creighton, he's like, oh, the Harvard from the Midwest. So I feel like I have to say that for the record. <laughs> okay. So that's she awesome. graduates. Then she gets a job in the Cedar Falls area. Uh, yeah, at that time she was working in the Cedar Falls area. Yep. Okay. So when, when, when did she get pregnant and have your first one? Uh, so she got pregnant in the fall of 2018 and then we had our first child April 29th, uh, 2019. Okay. Okay. And then, and then, then the pandemic hit. Correct. 2020. You have one child. Correct. And then your wife is still gainfully employed. She is. Okay. All right. All right. I think we caught up. Just okay. got to cover a basis, Chase. You know, yes. a girl, a boy. His name is okay. Mateo. Mateo. There you go. Yep. There you go. All right. Good now we're kind of good name. Yep. So she was working for a healthcare company, and during the pandemic, um, healthcare workers didn't have the best work environment. So um, no. she was kind of struggling, and well, I was doing what I was doing, and it was it was fine. It was paying the bills, but it wasn't fulfilling me like I wished it would have. Um, so she quit her job and I was still working. And then, um, she got a new job working from home. And around that same time I said, this isn't, this isn't what I want to do. I want to, uh, I want to start my own business and I think I can do it. So, mm-hmm. uh, conversation go. Yeah. She was probably all for it. Like, let's go. Chase, she I love was. You. Let's go. She awesome. was. Yeah. We're 27 years old. Why not try it? Exactly. Or 28 or whatever you were at that time. No, you're, you're right. Right there at 27. <laughs> yep. Yes. You're young. I, I will say this. Like, it does seem really interesting that as we help, like traditional advisors help people, they always talk about risk tolerance and they're talking about your money. And everybody in their advice will tell you, well, the younger you are, the more risk you should put on your, like you should put on, right? Yet when they t- like give you, or you ask them for advice about starting a business, they never take that advice. Like, oh no, don't do it. It's too scary. Yeah. And you should be like, well, I'm young. I'm supposed to take a lot of risk here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not a lot of people do that. It's very interesting. Not like, it sounds like you did it anyway, but I just think it's a really interesting kind of caveat and pivot. Just to tell people like, hey, when you're young, this might be the time to try something like starting your own business or this, that, or the other, because you have time to then reset if it doesn't go according to plan. Yes. Okay. Sorry to kibo that, but no, you're good. And it's scary. Like at that time, it was, it was scary. The one thing that I did have going for me, and I kind of passed over this, but um, two years previously, I I was doing tile work. I really loved tile work. Mm. When I was doing maintenance work, I had a guy to tell me that uh that tile work was something that a lot of contractors don't know how to do and don't want to do you're right shit this is fun let's let's give it a shot right and i like doing things that other people don't enjoy doing and i also learned that tile setters can make good money if they're halfway decent at what they do so at what point were you working for that company out in omaha or nebraska and started realizing like how much money you were actually making them (laughs) Did you ever have that thought or were just like, listen, I think I can do this and I think I can make a living out of this like, uh, right away. Okay. Uh, right away. Right away. I moved out to Iowa. Yes. Ah, right. Yeah. Cause you're gaining skills at a, ra- a rapid pace. Yeah. I was managing a few million dollars in real estate along with a team that I had in Omaha, but 
I was boots on the ground, um, wow. saw all the numbers, helped buy all the properties, helped put budgets together, hired the contractors. So, um, yeah, I saw all that happening and you I mean, we did pretty good. Yeah. Knock, knock tile. And that's where, that's when knock, knock tile was born, right? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, guys, when I, when I started knock, knock tile, I was making still am, I'm making less money than, yeah than I was at that other company. But it really wasn't a money decision. It was more or less doing something that I really wanted to do. I always wanted to be a business owner. And I, I feel fulfilled at the end of the day. I'm exhausted because I have two children and you mm. know, children suck the energy right out of you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but suck it right out of but you. But I feel good about what I did in a day's right. time. So. Although this is what I, I love to ask our business owner clients, which have a lot. Like, how much do you make a year? And they're always like, man, I'm, I don't know. You know. Because it's like, how much do you actually make? Because you have a business that pays for your, I don't know, your internet and your car and stuff like that. And so it's really kind of hard as an entrepreneur to really dial in how much you get paid. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're probably taking in less income wise to your personal like family. Yes. But the benefits that you have outside the you know yourself and the company is taking on that is a benefit as well. Absolutely. Right. And and again, at the end of the day, who cares about the money? You're actually feeling fulfilled and you're passionate and you get to help people and do what you love to do. Like, yeah. Amazing. Like yeah. keep doing that. So for our, our listeners here, like to help them jump off the edge if that's what they're thinking they're gonna do. Chase, if you feel comfortable, like you're two years in, I mean, what are you making? Like if you're okay sharing that. Yeah, no, you're good. So what the company is making and what Chase is making is yeah. different. Right. Um, yeah. So let's talk about company. Yep. Yeah. So we're set up as an LLC, but um, structured as an S corp or taxed yep. as yep. an S corp. Yeah. Um, so the company brings in last year, I did have an employee and we brought in or sold around $120,000 in projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and we netted around a hundred thousand or just nice. over a hundred thousand. Nice. That's um, great, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. But me, myself, I pay myself about, I think it's like 42, $43,000 a year. So, um, Right. I try to reinvest in the business. and Right. And it does help to have your wife working as well. Right. There's a buffer there. Yeah. And I'm sure that yeah. you'd probably take benefits from her. So like, this is something I think probably to go into a little bit. When people like start going down this uncommon path, one, it's kind of scary, right? Like when you were first thinking about starting up your business, the unknown that you had no idea about were, were overwhelming at times. Right. But if you yes. take it one step at a time, all of a sudden you have this business. For example, that that little pivot that you said, I have an LLC, but I'm taxed as an S Corp. Like that sounds like super complicated for somebody who's not been in the business. What that means is you having a lawyer drop your LLC paperwork and then you sign your name in one document and now your tax is an S Corp. Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> all done. So it, it isn't that complicated, although the unknown when you first jump in is super scary. But then like now that you got you're in it, having the the insight and having the flexibility that your wife works helps insulate you in the cash flow of your business because we know that business own, own businesses always fail or should or normally fail because of cash flow issues. So you have yeah. that insulated, right? But you yes. also have the thing of benefits. And I think that's another thing working with a lot of entrepreneurs at the beginning of this whole journey. That's a big hang up, brother. Like I don't know what to do about benefits. So you already had that answered. So I love it. Yeah. Dominating at uh, knock, knock tile. 
and you have one employee, which is a big deal. Did you employ them or did you like 1099 them? How did that work? I did employ them. Yep. And that was more expensive than I originally planned on it being. Um, it really is. I, I don't have an employee right now. He left me earlier this year, which is fine. Um, it was right around the same time that gas was like over $4 a gallon and he was traveling to and from work every day, about an hour each way. So it turned out to be too much for him. Right, right. But it is, as business owners trying to employ somebody, it always gets more expensive than you think. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is true. That is true. Um, okay. I wanted to hit on something. Yeah. You mentioned something. Hit it. Um, oh, when I first started my business, I talked to lots of people about like what it took to start an LLC, um, like accounting and all that stuff. I don't know any of that stuff and I don't want to. So <laughs> what I found was helpful when I was starting my business was be good at what you want to be good at. Be good at setting tile, selling jobs, talking to customers, like be really great at that and crush that and pay somebody $2 a month to do your books. Yeah. Yes. If it's $2, normally it's a little bit more than $2 a month. Did I say even, $2? I meant $200. <laughs> yeah. Meant $200. Even if it's more than $200, I think there's wisdom in that. Like just focus on what you're good at, focus what you like to do. Yeah. And if you have the flexibility and cash flow to pay somebody, do it and do it earlier than later yes. so you don't get burnt out. I love that advice. That's exactly yeah, right. Such good advice. So, like, I know we were talking on the phone and you had mentioned that your, your boy, having your boy made a big impact on you wanting to start. It did. So, yeah, so, so about that. Um, really wanted to be a father, so ready to be a father, um, or at least I thought so. Parenthood's been the toughest thing that yeah I've ever done in my whole life. Yeah, like fifty times harder than. Appreciate that honesty. Appreciate that honesty. Yeah, I, I know Aaron has a child. I'm not sure about you, Philip. I have three babies. <laughs> you yeah. know it then. <laughs> my wife knows it more than I do, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, when my son was first born, um, I had a really hard time with connecting with him. I was looking for this like magical moment in this connection with him. Um, And I never really felt that. And Mm. I knew that he was my son and I loved him to death, still love him to death. But I really struggled with that mentally um, for Hmm. a little while um, in not being able to, I don't know what I was looking for, guys. I really don't. Um, but I thought that I didn't feel it and yeah. that created a lot of angst and somewhat anger and shame inside of me. Interesting. Um, and that was hard to deal with. Yeah. So how did you deal with that? How'd you process yeah. through that? Like, tell me about how Abby played a part of that. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's eventually real. a pandemic hit, it boiled over. I had anxiety attacks and it went through a huge wow. depression. So it went downhill before it ever went up. It usually um, does. But, uh, so that was right in the middle of the pandemic and I I was staying home with him and working and doing my best to, that's when I was with my old company, but doing my best to take care of him. And, um, I remember being like, I don't enjoy this. This isn't fun. It's this, this is really hard. And again, that was right in the midst of a pandemic. And I'm talking about being a father, like that was really hard, Mm -hmm. um, emotionally and mentally. So, um, I was struggling with a thing that my uh, counselor called uh, intrusive thoughts. And they were thoughts that came in and I would react to them and they Mm. would either give me panic attacks or I would just shut down or I would just cry 
it was a really tough thing for me to mm. deal with. Yeah. Um, but anyways, my wife saw that I was going through that and she was extremely supportive. And the best thing from the outside and getting through a lot of this is um, keeping it in was making it worse. So the more oh, yeah. I talked about it, um, the more, and the more honesty, the more you open up with other people. Yes. Yeah. Keep going. I love it. Like it's such a simple concept, but it's really hard to do, especially when you feel a lot of that stuff. You know, what's interesting. What I find is when I get vulnerable and transparent with people, one, I'm super scared to do it by the way. And my biggest thing I think is they're not going to accept me for who I am once I say it. Yeah. But it's funny. It's the exact opposite that actually happens. Yes. It absolutely is. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like the more close people feel, the more honest that they f- know that you will be with them. And then the more like accepting they are and they become. And I find that they get more transparent and vulnerable after. Yeah. It's fascinating. So in the midst of all this, I, uh, I was going to counseling um, once a week. And I did that for about five months. And I thought it was getting a little bit better, but. I was still struggling. And then I found a new counselor and this was 2021, found a new counselor. And I asked her, of course, explained what I was going through. I asked her to challenge me, like really challenge me with what I was dealing with. And she did. Um, Hmm. And about a year and a half later, I ended counseling. And um, of course, I still struggle with a lot of the things that I was dealing with when it was hard, but Hmm. I now have the tools to get through it on my own and I can still go through my daily life and not be afraid of what wow. might come up in my mind. That's awesome. That's so cool. Chase. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. How old was your kid when you were having a lot of those feelings? Yeah. So like 16 months, 17 months, 18 yeah, so months. I can kind of relate a little bit, like just as a dad, you know, you get this dadhood thing and I didn't, I didn't have it to accept to you. So I don't want to like say that, but it's just when they're infants, you feel so like, useless as a dad yeah <laughs> you're like what am i supposed to do yeah and, you know like my wife's like breastfeeding like taking care of her they all do that stuff. everything man. do everything i just feel useless i'm like what am i supposed <laughs> to be doing and so i know i threw myself into work but um but i i totally feel you man that, that's a hard thing to feel especially as a dad because you do feel all this responsibility and huh and you, you don't know how to have that ex- express that relationship but has that gotten a lot better than with your son it has, and it was absolutely, and it was. It had nothing to do with my son. It was oh, everything to do with me internally, and I know that's not how you meant that, but it was everything to do with me internally. Um, and of course, I worked on myself. And guess what's improved since I started going to therapy and working on all that? I bet your you marriage, guess. your marriage, exactly. Our yeah. marriage yeah. is the Let's best go. it's ever been. Yeah. yeah, right. Why do you Why do you say that? Because we're honest with each other. Right. Right. And it, it has allowed me to find a part of myself that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And became now I'm able to show it to her and be yeah. honest with her. Right. That's let me, awesome. let me ask you this. Cause every time in the show, we always give our, our guests kind of a time and a platform just to talk about their, their wife specifically and yeah. how much they've meant to you in your business, in your life. And you've obviously you mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, my number one, the goal is just to get you laid after she, after she listened to this. <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, but like what sacrifices and what things has Abby had to do and where would you be without her today? 
Um, I mean, she holds our house together and she would tell you that that's not a secret. <laughs> Everybody awesome. in our family knows that she holds a lot of things together. She's yeah. an incredible human being. Um, but, uh, when, when I, I'm extremely detailed, I'm an extremely detailed person and that is hard for me to make decisions. So when I have something in front of me, I'll just bounce back and forth and never make mm-hmm. a decision. Mm-hmm. My wife will just snap her fingers and be like, do that. And it gives me all the confidence in the world to, to do it once she somewhat gives me that approval, but more or less that I just have her in my corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys know how that feels oh, yeah. when you have the person that you love in your corner backing you hundred percent. Dude, let's conquer the world. Yeah. That's how I feel. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. So how's business today? Oh, it's really good. Um, I'm working specifically on my own. Um, I'm kind of in a groove where I know how long projects are going to take. I know what to bid them out at. Um, I have a lot of work. Work keeps continuously coming in. Good. Um, so yeah, it's good. Where, where do you think the business like Knock Knock Tile is going to go? That's a good question. Um, so like we talked about earlier, having and owning your own business, especially with a small family, allows me the opportunity to take care of my children and manage all of that. My business comes second to my family for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but like today, I worked for four hours and I had to come home and take care of my kids because they were sick. And, and do a podcast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as far as like growing the company and adding a bunch of employees and adding a shop or whatever that might look like, I don't see that coming right now. That's not really where I want to be with a small family. Um, Definitely down the line, I could see something like that coming. I respect that a lot. Cause like so many guys like just forget about their family and Mm -hmm. you know, they build their business. They look back and they're like, Oh yeah, my kids are graduating, and yeah, why won't my kids talk to me? It's easy to do, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, it so, really is. That's awesome. Like, you're like way ahead of the game on that. So, how do our listeners find more about you and Knock Knock Tile and get a hold of you if they wanted to? Um, so, Facebook Knock Knock Tile Construction LLC, and then I'm on Instagram at Knock Knock Tile. Love it. So. Yeah, go look at his work. It's beautiful. I know. I was telling. My, I, so I told Chase this, but I did tile in my bathroom. Oh, oh good yeah, job. and I'm never doing it again. <laughs> uh, I'm calling never. Chase. Yeah, and my wife's like, "We should do the other bathroom." Now you know how to do this. Like, nope. She's like, "Well, can we hire?" I was like, "When we have the money." Yep. I was like, "I know a guy." <laughs> yeah, I was good. like, "Got a guy. Gonna pay him to come down here." That's good. Appreciate that. That's yeah, good. Chase, dude, I can't uh, thank you enough for being on our show. Um, and I appreciate just your vulnerability. Like this whole mental health thing, I think is is so prevalent right now. And I think what you said of just you got to talk about it, you got to have a community, um, just to open up and be honest and transparent with people is life giving. And so I can't thank you enough for just being open with us and kind of yeah. telling us where you're at. And I'm super grateful your business is off to a great start. Um, I'm excited to get you back on the show in five years and you're going to be like, I have 45 people working for us. And yeah. You're the guy. <laughs> and it all started from a pawn shop in Nebraska. You know, that's yeah, what I'm right. saying. Like, exactly. But uh, thank you so much just for your time uh, and expertise. And, and yeah, definitely if, if this kind of intrigues you, definitely I would encourage everybody to reach out and just kind of give him a word, just say thanks and uh, encourage him along the way. 
But you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. The Aaron Kramer. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, go be uncommon and go jump off the bridge for your uncommon yeah. path. Let's go. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.